This podcast is sponsored by tenofthose.com. Tenofthose.com handpicked the best Christian books that point to Jesus and sell them at discounted prices. There are various books out there that helpfully give an overview of the whole Bible. But this book, Open the Bible in 30 Days by Colin Smith, is the only one I've come across that walks through the story of the Bible with an unbeliever in mind. The gospel thread runs clearly through the pages and Colin has brilliantly split the overview into three sections. You've got knowing God the Father, trusting Christ the Son, and living by the Spirit. Each section is then navigated through peaks and valleys. And it's brilliant. Colin offers depth and clarity while also making it so accessible to someone who is new to the Bible. I really am just waiting for an opportunity to give it to an unbelieving friend. Go pick up a copy at tenofthose.com. Welcome to Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. My name is Sarah and I live in the UK and this is my sister Felicity and she lives in the US. Hi Felicity. Hi Sarah, good to see you. You too. What are you you drinking today? Well, I'm quite proud of the name of my tea today. It's called Golden Monkey. Isn't that the best name for a tea? It's not golden. It's actually black tea with a with a. Why would you call that? Why would you call your tea that? (laughs) I know. Well, it's an interesting one, and I have realised that choosing your tea by the name doesn't mean it's necessarily going to taste that good. (laughs) Is that the case? Well, it's growing on me. I got a whole pot of it, like loose leaf tea. Because I got a bit over-enthusiastic about the name, so um, <laughs> don't know what to do with that. But I, I'll just keep on drinking your hope that it gets nicer. <laughs> Is it? Do you feel confident enough to share it? I did share it the other day. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend's face, she tried to be charitable towards it, but <laughs> she mm. basically asked for a Yorkshire tea. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think so, I would as well. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? How's the biscuit choice today? Oh well, I've gone. You know, I had that tin of Oreos. It's oh, an Oreo course. selection. So I'm, I'm still plowing my way through that, and um, I'm on to one of the white Oreos, which you said was like a custard cream months ago. Um, True. It's not. It's not. <laughs> If you have a custard cream next to it, you're probably not going to think that. But if you're kind of yearning after a custard cream, it might just fill the spot. Yeah, it's yeah, similar, but you just it's just not the custard cream. So <laughs> second best by a long way, I'm afraid. <laughs> okay, well, let, here's a question for you. Just while we're um, before we jump into the passage, what do you do? Have you ever had this experience when you feel like your sin is just getting in the way of you reading? God's word or praying or just kind of you know it can just feel like oh I just don't want to come to God because I'm feeling my sin quite heavy have you what what do you do with that I think we all feel it all the time don't we (laughs) I mean (laughs) this feels like such a regular occurrence I think there's a difference between the everydayness of sin and when I mess up um and I think what do you do in those moments you have to preach the truth to yourself in the moment don't you Mm. and you have to start by saying to yourself Christ reaches out to you in mercy right now in the midst of your sin so start praying and come to him even though it feels really hard Um, yeah yeah I think that's got to be the starting point hasn't it I mean I I think it's really hard. I think that the challenge is we get into a bit of a rut and thinking I just can't approach God right now. And I then create more and more distance and it's harder and harder to draw near when actually 
we're able to draw near with confidence because his throne is one of grace and mercy in our time of need. And we just need to remember that. Yeah. And I think that's, I think you're right about when you sort of almost create a habit of not going to God, then it just does get a whole lot harder. And in that moment, Mm. we're just forgetting, aren't we, that we are always sinful. (laughs) It's not that anything's changed just because I'm more aware of my sin and that God knows that already. And I think this is where today's passage just Mm. really speaks it actually into that because um, we get this extraordinary picture of God's heart, of Jesus's heart for the sinner today and yeah. um let's read it shall we and get stuck in and i think hopefully maybe actually this um this part of john's gospel might really help help us on that question as well um yes. right so i'm going to start reading we're going to split it it's a long passage today so we're doing most of chapter four um so i'm going to start at verse one um we're going to split the reading and then we'll just kind of walk our way through it shall we let's do that okay <laughs> let's do it okay <laughs> Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water... Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father, Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself and did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I will give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the father in the spirit and in truth for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? 
They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labour. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. Long passage, isn't it? There is no way we're going to get to the bottom of all of this. (laughs) I think it's worth just saying that again, isn't it? That what we're doing here in this podcast is literally just starting a conversation. Like, John Piper takes four sermons to go through what we've (laughs) just read. We're not going to cover it in 10, 15 minutes. So I think, you know, just bear with us as we just start the conversation. As we do that, Felicity, why don't you just share what has struck you from this passage this week? Well, so one thing that I've been sort of thinking about is... As we've been building up to this passage, we've had this, you know, John 3.16, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And that kind of whoever mm-hmm. seems to be a word that then it, it applied to Nicodemus, like whoever, if Nicodemus had got it, no problem. Here, the most unlikely person seems to be part of the whoever. Like it really, I, I feel like this story really evidences the fact that whoever believes in Jesus really mm can have eternal life. And and the thing is, this Samaritan woman is the most unlikely person because she's a Samaritan. She's not of God's people. There's a whole kind of um, Old Testament history there, isn't it? But essentially, Jews and Samaritans, as John tells us, do not associate because they're just not, they're not friends. Like They're not of God's people. But it's not even just that, is it? It's the fact that she's a woman. It's the fact that she's an adulterous woman as well. Like she's had five or six husbands, five husbands. She's not married to the person she's living with at the moment. Like, it is, it is the most extraordinary encounter that he would say, can I share your cup? Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I have a drink from what you're drinking out of? Like in terms of all those kind of Old Testament kind of ceremonial laws and um, yeah, yeah, whatever. And it's, and that, I think that for me, that's what really struck me this week in terms of just like it, he's going to the heart of, for me, it's, it's as I've read it through, the kind of theme of thirst has been, the thing that's kind of been driving the passage through as I've read it. Um, So she's got this thirst that she's having to quench at noon, which is kind of um, striking in itself, like it's going to heat of midday, but no one else is around. Is that because she's living in shame? Mm. Um, There's all those kind of things. Um, He then says, well, I'm going to get, you know, I can give you living water. And she's like, well, where's your bucket? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I love, it's it's quite, it kind of is a bit like Nicodemus and his like chat about birth. Yeah, it It just doesn't get it. Yeah, (laughs) definitely earthly perspective rather than heavenly. Yeah, but as he says that, as we were talking in the last episode or last two episodes about the kind of Old Testament seeping out there, like that phrase living water, for me, that took me straight back to that famous bit in Jeremiah chapter two, you know, where it talks about, um, God being a fountain of living water and Mm -hmm. yet the people had forsaken him and were kind of 
drinking out of cracked pots essentially that could not quench their thirst and it's kind of he's just setting up that tension of yes she's got this kind of real thirst for actual water but as we start to see him expose her sin and help her see her need for him he's exposing the kind of depth of thirst in her heart um, Mm -hmm. and that actually men in this instance are not quenching that deeper thirst that's where I got to. I don't know. Where did you get to as you kind of no, walk down it, that? I think that's that is so helpful to think about that and to really see that that drilling down. I think I had actually been struck from the other I feel I feel like we're kind of two prongs of the same thing. So, mm. so you were caught by the the living water aspect, and I was really struck by how unlikely she is as a recipient of that. Yeah. And and so, but both of those things are kind of the two sides of the same thing, aren't they? Because this unlikely person who is the the adulterous woman the, the the exposure of her sin is so is I just find it so reassuring that Jesus knows her and yet has chosen to sit down next to her and have this conversation yeah. with her because in a when I'm feeling sin heavy you know that kind of soul sick feeling and you're thinking ah oh, well I just don't know whether God knew that I was going to get to this depth yeah well no no actually I think he did because I read this story and I think yes Jesus is right there holding out this living water to someone who I, I love the way that she um <laughs> he sort of talks on, doesn't he? You get this very profound, like, um, I have no husband, you're right. She's like, whoa. <laughs> the next thing she says, it's almost like a sort of um a, a theological red herring in verse 19. Yeah. So I can the worship stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> what? Worship chat? Where's that come from? I think she's kind of deflect she's trying to deflect what's what he's just done, isn't she? In terms yeah. of like he's just seen right into the depths of her heart and told it as it is. And she's like, well, let's just like yeah. change, change course. <laughs> but he doesn't stop pursuing her. I think that's what's so beautiful, isn't it? That there's such intentionality here. Mm. His heart of mercy towards her is such that he keeps drawing her and keeps kind of wanting to her to see from different angles that he's at the center of worship. And that person who's at the center of the worship of her worship or will be because he's kind of wooing her and pursuing her is the one who treats her with such mercy and such gentleness and yeah. kind of yeah, such yeah. humility. And, and the yes, oh. yeah. The essence of the worship thing is actually it doesn't really matter where you are, does it? It matters who is at the center of it. And he yeah. <laughs> is that straightforward. It is all about spirit and truth and that's me that's jesus i am he it's just so straightforward isn't it and then you get the disciples coming along and you have this whole conversation about the harvest and the readiness of people to receive jesus which i thought was really Mm. striking because all the way through john's gospel we've had repeated i think maybe three times people are not going to receive jesus they're going to reject him they're going to reject his words and here he's saying do you know what? The harvest is ready, as in people are ready to receive the Messiah. And then the next thing we see, I love this, many of the Samaritans believed in him. because of Yeah, the- so it's from the unexpected camp, isn't it? It's the ones that you definitely think should not be worthy to receive yeah are the ones who are absolutely in line with john the baptist as we saw last time and seeing christ as he is and kind of aligning you know as they say he's the savior of the world that harks back to you know the lamb of god oh no what is it yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah the lamb of god who takes away this into the world like we're kind of they're in that they're in john the baptist's space in his in the way that they're receiving christ at this point mm. uh, 
and the woman is at the heart of that. And it's just such a beautiful, tender moment of contrast, really, isn't it, between who we've had with Nicodemus um, and the people of the temple and then this. Yeah, absolutely. And and that is so, um, it's so humbling, isn't it? Because I don't know about you, but I, I don't know where I put myself in the picture, but just the very fact that the woman's testimony is at the heart of like she's been telling everyone about Jesus, come and see, come and see. John has yeah. been saying that all the way through the gospel, but actually a sinful woman who's so exposed, so ashamed that she's gathering water at noon, her testimony is powerful enough because she's speaking of Jesus, powerful enough for a whole town to then come and kind of gather yeah. around Jesus himself. Because sometimes I can think, well, is me talking about Jesus, is that is that really going to do anything? Because I just muck up all the time. But actually, what we see here is testimony about Jesus to those who are ready to receive Jesus. Mm-hmm. That is a glorious life bringing because Jesus is so eager to save, isn't he? Like the compassion, the desire, the joy in that is so evident. But it's also, yeah, I think you're, you're totally right on that. But it's also recognizing the journey that she went on to be able to receive Jesus and actually where we see our own heart and our own need in that. So she needed, again, like I keep coming back to the prologue and like this image of light, but she needed Christ's exposing light into her darkness to see Mm. the reality of her thirst and to see that it was only, it's only Christ who's going to quench that thirst. And I wonder whether we just need to put ourselves there and to really just challenge challenge ourselves and our hearts or where, where we're likely to be, veering off into cracked pots um, and looking for that living water in other places when we need to keep coming back to what John's been saying the whole time, look at him, gaze at him, mm-hmm. gaze at the one who needs to become greater and we become less. And I think just, yeah, I think I've, I've just needed to come back to her process and journey that she's gone through to be able to then say, wow, look at him. <laughs> He's the yeah. savior of the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so quick and we've like run out of time already. And this is so rich. And we've, yeah, we're very aware, aren't we? That like, ah, oh, we're just <laughs> skating over this surface in, in the hastiest of ways. But um, we'll put some questions in the show notes, weren't we? And we've been, you know, we've, we've had much longer conversations about this. This <laughs> yeah. is just like the I surface. Feel like, I feel like what we've done is started six conversations in the yeah. space of 20 I minutes. Know. And so, so uh, listeners, if you'd like to just <laughs> run with whichever one you want, <laughs> why don't I, why don't I pray that we would, yeah. um, yeah, let me pray. Yeah. Father God, we thank you so much for this picture of the woman by the well. Thank you for how we see Jesus, the one who gives living water, the, the springing waters of eternal life. We, we praise you that we see him sitting next to her and holding that out to her. And we praise you that as we see her sin exposed, as we see her realize her need, how she receives Jesus. And Father, we pray that you would give us soft hearts to Jesus, just like hers was. And pray that we'd be those who who receive Jesus, who, who rejoice in that. And as we do, would we have our eyes fixed on him? Please stop us from going anywhere else. Help us to see that eternal life, that is eternal waters that he holds out and to run as fast as we can in that direction. And we pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Just like uh, just to follow up on our beginning conversation about sin getting in the way, um, just before we close, I just um, just think it's really important to say that, like Jesus brings that light, doesn't he, on our sin, and we don't need to fear 
Um, mm-hmm. And so actually we can confess it freely, but actually maybe you need to go and talk to a friend and you just need to call a friend and say, I'm struggling with this. Um, can you help me <laughs> come to yeah. the Lord in it? Do you know, I think we're just, it's it's being vulnerable enough to to call a friend and say, can you read the word with me? Can you encourage me to come back to the Lord and just being honest in that? Yeah. Very Sorry. Helpful. I just think, yeah, that kind of came to mind as we were closing there. Um, yeah. Really good. So whew, whistle stop as ever tea yeah. drunk, biscuit eaten, Samaritan woman, sort of <laughs> vaguely not, not done, <laughs> but uh, on, on next time. Next yeah. time. Bye-bye everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. It's sponsored by 10ofthose.com. Check them out for great discounted resources that point to Jesus.